Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the 12-6 Podcast. It's your boy, Mario. Uh, we are today joined by, obviously, my co-host, Ryan, and special guest, Mr. Jake. Uh, as we get everybody connected here, what's going on, fellas? Not much, dude. Fired up to be back. More fired up to have the uh, friggin' NBA guru, Jake Smith, on. Is Jake Smith with us right now? He's not. He'll be joining in a second here, but I, I like the name today, man. I really like the name. Really you know, nice. I had to try something unique, dude. Episode, uh, what episode are we on now, dude? We're freaking, uh, we're, we're, we're in our 30s, them, man. We're, we're in our 30s. Them. Not including the special, like, UFC episodes or anything like that. So, we're, we're, we're headed in the right direction, that's for sure. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, I'm just fired up to be back, dude. Oh, there he is, Jake Smith. Hey, Jake has joined us. Jake, what up, man? Hey, how's it going? Going good, man. Excited to have you. We're excited to talk Bulls with you, even though, uh, didn't go too well yesterday, but uh, we'll we'll, we'll no, DeRozan, DeRozan played terrible, but it's whatever. Oh my god! Oh, okay, well, you know what, man? Let's get into it, man. How about how about we get into it? What are, what are your initial thoughts? Is there hope? Is it dim? What is it? What what are your, what is Jake Smith feeling? What's the vibe? Uh, there is no hope. Um, <laughs> if, listen, I'm gonna keep it real, okay? If there was gonna be one game for us to set the tone and change the direction of this series, it was game one. Because if we steal game one, Bucks would probably win game two, and then we go back to home, tied 1-1, right? Yeah. But now, game two on Wednesday, probably going to lose that one. That was probably as close <laughs> as we were going to get. And now we're going back to home, probably down 2-0. Um, so, Jake, to your point about setting tone and everything like that, I mean, I do agree. To get game one, I mean, that would have been just absolutely crucial. But going into the game, I saw – I don't know what the final line was, but the the Bulls were 10.5-point underdogs going into the game. So do you kind of think maybe like – I mean, within like a minute or a minute two left of the game, they were only down by like three points or something like that at one point. So do you think that they maybe kind of did set the tone game one, like this game or this this series isn't just going to be a rollover? Um. I think a little bit, but also the Bucks played horrible too. I mean, Giannis was in foul trouble all game. He should have fouled out. He definitely should have. I mean, that Patrick Williams had him boxed out. That should have been a six foul. Um, but Middleton didn't play well. Drew Holiday played okay. I mean, you're gonna get much better games out of those guys going forward. Agreed. So, on but on both sides, DeRozan played like shit. Vucevic played like shit. I mean, DeRozan shot six for twenty five from the field. Right. Vucevic shot 9 for 27 from the field. Levine shot 6 for 19 from the field. Right. Yeah, I mean, do I think they can win a game? Do I think they're going to win a game in this series? Yeah, I think they will. I think there's definitely going to be a game where DeRozan goes nuclear for like 40 points and Levine has a nice game and then Vucevic has a nice game. But I don't see this series lasting more than five games. It's not a knock on the Bulls. It's just how good the Bucks are. I mean... This team is probably going to go to the conference finals at a minimum. So it's just a bad draw for the Bulls. It really is. I think if they face a team like like Boston or Philly, I could see them maybe going six games. But it's just a really bad draw. It's no knock on the Bulls. The Bucks are just a really, really good team. Yeah. Jeez, man. I mean, that's that's kind of that kind of sucks to hear. Honestly, you know, we had a lot of hope to start the year. Now it kind of onto this you know yeah but i mean if you look at the regular season the bulls against top four seeds in both conferences straight up are two and 21 yikes so i mean 
I love the Bulls. I'm, I'm always going to cheer for them, but I'm also realistic in that when you're going up against a team that are that are the defending <clears throat> champs, that have a ton of playoff experience, which we don't really have besides DeRozan and Caruso, to be quite honest. Like, Tristan it's Thompson. A, it's just too much of a gap, I feel like. And I think we can win a game, but I don't see the series le- seeing, I don't see the series going more than five games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do. I mean, I, I do think I agree with you about that. Um, for any for the Bulls to have any type of, of chance in this series, I mean, the three point shoot has got to be better, right? I mean, they shot seventeen percent from three point land in the first game. That I mean, if you're going to shoot that type of percent for three point land, they're going to have absolutely no chance, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Kobe White. I don't know if you know who Jordan Poole is, but he needs to play like him. You know, where he can go out there and get you five, six threes a game. It's just the kind kind of guy who he has to be going forward if the Bulls want any chance. Um, Patrick Williams also needs to be more aggressive. The dude took three shots. He also t- passed up, I think, two wide open threes. He can't be scared to shoot the ball. He's a really good player. He had 35 points in the final game of the season this year. Like, yeah. the, the potential's there. He has talent. He has ability. He just needs to believe in himself. And Vucevic needs to play like that every game. 28, 26, 14 rebounds. If they want to have any shot of winning this series, those three guys are so crucial to play well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pat Williams, one for three from field goal, 0 for two from three-point uh, three land. Yeah, he's got to be more aggressive. Um, what else we got here? Yeah, Vucevic, he had a – Actually, I mean, despite the shooting, 24 points, 17 rebounds. So uh, where do you think they could pick it up that game, too? Um, I mean, I think it starts with DeRozan, right? I mean, he shot horribly. You know, I think he was like 6 for 21. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... 6 for... I think 6 for 6 25. for 25. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to shoot like that again. But also, if you look back to his Raptors days, he is not a very good player in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. But he always tends to fade in the playoffs. I don't know why that is, but I mean he's he's been our best player this year. But we're also at a disadvantage because Zach Levine's not totally healthy. He hasn't been totally healthy for a good three months now. I mean we shut him down for a little bit, we bring him back. He doesn't he doesn't play back to backs. But I don't know, Ryan, but I don't know if you noticed watching the game yesterday, but he just looks a step slow. No, dude, I was going to say Zach Levine, like, he doesn't have that bounce that he that, that is very noticeable when he is healthy, dude. Like, when he's healthy, he's the most electric dude on the floor. Right. Um, I mean, he, like can said, beat guy, he can beat guys off the dribble like it's nothing. Dude, yeah, that bounce is just not there. And let's face it, he's not the world's best three-point shooter. So if he's not able to attack the basket like he can when he's healthy – I mean, it really hurts his game, dude, because his his deep shot is not the best. Right. I mean, that slashing guard, that attack the basket guard is Zach Levine's biggest strength. I mean, the dude has won two dunk contests for a reason, right? Um, yeah, he just looks a step slow, and that's, that's just really going to hurt the Bulls. Vucevic kind of turned back the clock a little bit last game to his Orlando days, and we need that. Magic Vucevic, for sure. But, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the Bulls had a great year um, despite the second-half disappointment. It's a huge step in the right direction, but I don't see this series going more than five games. It's not a knock on the Bulls. 
and the Bulls are still good. It's just of how good the Bucks are. Yeah. So yeah, and if you kind of look at this game from like a, if you peel another layer back and you kind of go back to the trade deadline when um, a lot of people were kind of disappointed that they didn't trade for another big or trade for more height at the at the deadline. Didn't this game kind of prove to you a little bit that they're they're undersized, dude, when they're playing teams like the Bucks? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they have no one to stop Giannis. Just no one. I mean, there's not a lot of guys out there that can, but there's definitely guys out there that can at least slow him down a little bit. I mean, he had 11 rebounds in the first quarter. That's ridiculous. So, like, if that's going to happen, your chances of winning that series are just slim to none. I'm sorry. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't – you need to let that – you need to contain that guy a little bit. You know, you need to have him force other guys on the team to work. So – and I think there's definitely some teams in the East that can – Give give the Bucks some issues down the line. We'll get into that in a little bit, maybe. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, maybe... I mean, that whole thing goes back to the uh, the Pat Williams rebound, dude. Like, even though I th- it was a clean box out, he had him box out and everything. But Giannis is just so much bigger, so much taller than him, dude. He literally just reached right over the top of him, grabbed the ball, and actually got caught on the uh, offensive offensive foul. So it just goes back to the Bulls. They have no size, dude. Outside of Vucevic, there's no size on this team. No, I mean, like, you can say, oh, Tristan Thompson. Well, yeah, but he's, he's not I really mean, doing much. Right. I mean, against these guys, like, like a Giannis or. I mean, he Reed. played seven minutes this game, so that tells you everything you need to know. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Thompson's not doing it. I mean, in the offseason, this is definitely something that AK needs to address is just the defensive side of the ball. And we need a better defensive center for us to have any shot of climbing the Easter conference ranks because it just makes a huge difference in these kinds of games. Right. Yeah. You know, having a guy like Rudy Gobert, possibly, I know that the jazz are kind of in some turmoil in terms of their team chemistry, but if the bulls got him, I mean, that changes the whole team. Yeah. You know, having that defensive anchor down low, because if you beat Levine off the dribble, you beat the Rosen off the dribble. You got to go through him, you know. Correct. I mean, if you have to go through Vucevic, it's not much of a challenge. I mean, the dude just, is just not a very good defender. He's yeah. just not. And if you look at the East as a whole, that helps out. That helps out with everybody because you got Joel Embiid, you've got Bam Adebayo, you've got um, Giannis in Milwaukee. Like, there's other dudes in the East that if the Bulls do get that uh, lockdown defender at center or, or whoever it is, I mean, that's just going to help as a whole facing the Eastern Conference. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's definitely a need that AK is going to address in the offseason, but I don't know. It, it's – I really thought, you know, and I saw, I don't know, Kobe White hit that big three in the third quarter. I'm like, oh, well, maybe they have a chance here. You know, we'll see. And then it was 80 – I think it was 80 – I think it was like 89, 86, like a minute ago. And Vucevic had that second chance layup and missed it. Dude, that was awesome. Like it was point blank, dude. Point blank. Like you you're if you call yourself one of the best centers in the league, right? You there's no excuse for that. None. You cannot miss that layup. Because if he makes that layup, it's a one point game with a minute left. Even yep. if the Bucks score, you still have a shot. But then because you don't score that, you don't make that layup, it's eighty nine eighty six. The Bulls have the ball left, have the ball back with 30 seconds left, and then Zach Levine takes a really bad shot with 30 seconds left. He took like a 35-footer. Yep. 
Yeah, if like, he made that, even if, if, if it's eighty nine, eighty eight, you don't shoot that shot. Right. Well, if he made if he made that basket, they wouldn't have had to foul the next possession. But he missed the basket, so they had to foul. And then, isn't that correct? They fouled him. The guy made two free throws, and then Zach was forced to take that shot. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. So if he makes that shot, just go down, play defense, possibly get a stop. And I mean, if you get a stop, they could have won the game. They had a potential to win the uh, the game there. So yeah, when he missed that dude, that was that was game over there. Yeah, and like the Bucks have a history of not doing well in game ones, like at all. So, and then they tend to kind of feel out the opponent in game one, but then game two happens and they just no mercy. Up, they flip that switch, and I have a really bad feeling about Wednesday. What's the early line at? Do you know? It's 10. Oh, it's 10 again? It's 10, yeah. So they kind of know. Yeah. They they know what's coming. I think they, the Bulls' best chance to win will be game four. So Um, they come back to Chicago for game three, right? mm Mm-hmm. So you think that, uh, you you don't think their best chance would be game three at the UC? You know, no, I think it's I think they take that. I think it's coming down. 3-0 3-0 possibly and they're really fighting to just claw back and they and then you see DeRozan just shoot like 70% from the field and have one of these DeRozan like games he's been having all year and they somehow sneak by. Yeah. I don't I think game 3 is going to be close but I still think the Bucks are going to win that game. Yeah. You yeah, know they, I I I'm, I I'm a Bulls fan. I really I really hope they can win a few games but like I said Time and time again, like the Bucks are just too damn good. They just are. Like it's it's a really bad draw for us. It is, you know, yeah. They're this series, for a reason. this series almost feels like a one seed versus an eight seed. Yikes! It does, and like that's not a knack on the Bulls. It just kind of where things stand. So you know, dude, I was looking at the uh, the matchups though, and I feel like a lot of the matchups kind of feel like that this first round. Mm-hmm. Like Raptors, Seventy Sixers. That's gonna be a blowout. Um, what else do we got here? Yeah, like Warriors, Nuggets, Hawks, Heat. That'll be a blowout. Yeah. Um, Pelicans, Suns. I mean, that is a one versus eight, but still, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I, I know what you mean. A lot of these first round matchups kind of seem like they're gonna be three one or possible sweeps, things like that. But yeah, I guess you're saying three versus six. This doesn't really feel like a three versus six. It doesn't. It doesn't at all, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for game two, but I, I think it's going to be a bloodbath if I'm going to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I think that it's the Bucks are. I mean, they're still at home. They're going to play better. They're going to. Yes, yeah, I, so I think know. I think game two has the potential for just a bloodbath. Like, I think it could be really, really, really bad. Um, yeah. Game three, I think that'd be the best chance for the Bulls to possibly get a win playing at home. Uh, maybe coming down 2-0 playing at the UC. Fan base is going to be going crazy. They haven't had a home playoff game forever. Um, so I think game three would be the best chance for them to get a win. But, yeah, I'm not expecting good things. When is the next game? Tomorrow? Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. But. Huh. Well. I guess uh, my question to you, Jake, would be this: Considering I don't know much about basketball, and obviously you guys know, um, take away Giannis from the Bucks, are the Bulls even? Do the Bulls have even a, a chances 
to even compete against them still, or is it Giannis is like the really difference maker in the between the two teams here? Jay, I mean, do you know who Giannis is? Um, I think is he is he different than Giannis? I think it's Giannis's whatever. twin brother. Whatever, uh, whatever. I, I just, just, just go yeah, with no, the Yeah, no, here. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, Giannis is. I mean, you can make the argument he's the best player in basketball. You really can. I mean, he can he can shoot it a little bit better than he has in the past, and that makes him kind of unguardable. Um, yeah, I mean, if you take Giannis away from the Bucks, the Bulls probably win this series. Because wow. Middleton kind of cancels out Levine, and then Drew Holiday's a really good defender. But I mean, even then, I mean, I would say Bulls in seven. But so without Giannis, you think it's still a seven game series? Yeah, I think it's a seven game series, even without him. I mean, the Bucks still have really good pieces, and guys uh, would get yeah. shots that Giannis would take away usually. So, I mean, you you definitely get more feature of like Middleton, Drew Holiday. Bobby Portis has been playing really well. He's pretty underrated. Um, yeah, I think the Bulls would win in seven. But the important thing in Mario is that Giannis is healthy and he is there. So good for them. I, yeah, it's it's just a bad draw. And like, I'm I'm happy the Bulls made the playoffs. It's a really good learning experience for them. And I'm hoping that AK can make the right adjustments they they need to in the offseason so that this time next year they can really make a run at the postseason. But I think it's going to be a short stay for the Bulls. I see this ending in four or five. So That's sad, man. But uh, thanks for the uh, the, the uh, realistic observation, man. Not yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, Bulls have good pieces. I think the future is bright, but I will say this. The East is as deep as it has been in over a decade. Like, the amount of good young teams that are coming up is kind of scary. So if the Bulls want to compete, they need to make some serious moves to do so. Because, I mean, I could list 10 or 11 teams that, if you told me, would be in the conference semifinals next year, I would not be surprised. So... Definitely, yeah. definitely need to make some moves going forward to improve yeah. the roster. I mean, you got the Heat, you got the 76ers, you got the Nets, um, throw the Bulls in there. I mean, the Hawks, Trey Young, dude, they're good. Um, Bucks, obviously. I mean, the, the East is loaded. Yeah, I mean, even like, I mean, I they had some, they had a lot of health issues lit, later in the season, but I mean, Cleveland was really, really good. For oh a lot shoot, of the that's right, Cleveland. I mean, if they got if they were fully healthy. They're probably in the playoffs, you know. Um, I mean, that's a team to watch out for next year for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be a short stay, but I mean, it's still cool to see the Bulls in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's NBA playoffs is pretty pretty cool to watch, and it's even better when your favorite team's in there, regardless of your chances. So, yeah. Yeah, as far as the NBA, like the regular season, and I think somebody even as like an avid Bulls or NBA fan like you are, like the regular season, it can be hard to watch sometimes. Um, but once you get to playoff NBA basketball, dude, it's it's great. It's like a whole different game that you're watching compared to the regular season. So, um, 
watching your team in a playoff atmosphere, I mean, it's just electric as a Bulls fan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, this is the first time the Bulls have made the playoffs in probably five, six years. I think the last time was 2018 or 17, 17 or 18. Yeah, it was, it was the Jimmy Butler area. Yeah. Still. Jimmy Pockets, I remember that. Um, did they so make yeah. the playoffs that year with Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo? They did. They did. They, they played did. the Celtics. And I think they played – yeah, they even played Boston. I think they got – no, they were up like two – Two games to none. Yes, I do remember that. And then Rondo got hurt. And then from that point on, it just went downhill. I think they lost like four games to two. Ouch. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of they where they stack up in the East, as of right now, they're probably seventh best team in the East. So well, moves need to be made. Moves need to be made. It's a good. It's a good step in the right direction, but moves need to be made. So, so they have like, what's the cap situation for next year? Is there like, is there like room to for big moves or? Uh, so they gotta pay. They gotta make a decision on Levine this summer because he is a free agent. So they gotta make that call. Well, I think you gotta pay that man, right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to. I mean, he I mean he should say. I mean, the Bulls should say, "Name your price." Now, will they do that? I don't know. I mean, do I do I think they should pay him? Yes, but you know, you never know, right? Yeah. Maybe they have something else in store, right? Maybe they have a different uh, a different way to get an impactful guy. Yeah. You know, maybe you clear up the caps. Maybe you know, weird alternate dimension they let Levine walk and they build around DeRozan and Vucevic and add some other pieces with that cap room and go from there but I don't see that happening I think they I think they do resign Levine so yeah I would say the most important thing as a Bulls fan is that like I actually trust this front office uh unlike guard packs I don't think a single Bulls fan trusted them to do the right thing um, no, but going forward, AK, like I trust him to make the right decision. Whatever it's going to be, pay him or move on, go some other direction. I trust him to do the right thing. No, and I think it was smart for him to stand pat the deadline because I think it's it was smart for him to say, okay, we're playing good right now. I know our second half of the regular season is really tough. Before I make a move, I want to see how these guys play against tough competition and in the playoffs. Then based on how we play, I'll make moves from there. Because then I can see the real deficits in this team. Right. True. true. Because you're not going to see deficits when you play Detroit, Indiana, the Thunder, the Rockets, right? Like, you're not going to see them. Like, they're going to dominate. They beat, they've beaten bad teams all year. But you'll see them against the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Heat. So... True. Yeah, and if that is a stinky, that's that's great on him not to have that tunnel vision and actually look at the big picture and think this is only year one, you know. So things things are only going to get better from here, right? So, but I, I'd be optimistic as a Bulls fan. You know, making the playoffs is a really nice step in the right direction. It's not the play-in either. They made the playoffs, right? So, I mean, to go from not even making the play-in last year to the playoffs this year. That's a win in my books. Huge step forward. 
They were garbage, dude, for years. They were just terrible. So Yeah, I remember the Walt Lemon years. The who? Walt Lemon yeah. Jr. Um, <laughs> that was a name. That was a point card for them at one point. Oh, Ryan, I didn't know. Ryan Archidiacono. Oh, yeah. Um, Denzel Valentine playing 40 minutes a night. Yep. No, I would. Yep. Yeah, when you got Valentine jerseys as like your main seller, you got a problem, dude. Yep, but they still led the, led the league in attendance that year. So, yeah, that was yeah, like when the White Sox were uh, selling those Jimmy Rollins jerseys. Oh, right. Dude, yeah. No idea, man. Yeah, that was, those were some great years, man. Payroll <laughs> years that lasted about two months. Wow. All right. Well, I, I guess uh, the next question is for you, Jake, as we got you on here on this uh, basketball edition of the pod. What are you looking forward to, man? What What's a series that you're going to be watching if, when the Bulls are, are out? Or I mean, not, not that you're. Not that we're, we're we're hoping they win a few games, but what what is the series that catches your eye more than every other series here? Celtics Nets, for sure. I think that series is going to go seven. I don't know who's going to win it, but I mean those two teams are just. I mean the game yesterday, the Celtics won on a buzzer beater. You know it's going to be it's going to be close games every single game of that series. So. I mean, those are two heavyweight teams, too. you got stars on both sides. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, that's by far the best first-round series, for sure. That's definitely, if I were to pick one series to watch out of all of them, it would be that, for sure. Sounds like it's got a lot. I know, I know that uh, I'm surprised the Nets were such a low seed, right? They they barely got in, right? Yeah, they had, they had a lot of injuries this year. Um I mean, Kyrie Irving with his whole vaccination status could only play half the games. Mm. And then they had that whole turmoil with James Harden and his antics, and they eventually traded him away. And then Kevin Durant was hurt for about two months. So if this team was fully healthy the whole year, there's no way they they would be in the play-in. The Bulls. They're a a sneaky good team then, man. They're the best seven-seed in NBA history. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah. um, But – well, no, what's I mean, uh, what's Ben Simmons' status? Is he going to be available for this series? If they said Game Four, but if I'm Brooklyn, I don't bring him back. Because, at all, or after the no, series? No, I don't bring him all. I don't bring him back at all because you're going to implement a guy like him in the most important part of your se- of your season, right? I don't see a scenario where that works out. The dude hasn't played in a game. In over a year, I just I don't think it's very smart. I think the smart thing is play out this this play these playoffs with your current roster, get him fully healthy for next year, and then you go because he's not fully healthy yet. He's he's gonna start practicing five on fives this week for the first time all season. So. You're gonna you're gonna play him in the mo- the most important games of the season, and potentially risk him getting re injured and setting him back even further. And like he gets a lot of hate, but he's still a really special player. Can he still shoot? Can he shoot at all? I'm not sure, but he's an excellent defender. He's an excellent finisher, so he can impact the games in a lot of ways. But I don't think it's very smart to bring him back this year. Yeah. Uh, what what injury is he nursing right now? 
Um, they said he had a herniated herniated disc in his back. Ooh. So that's an injury you need to be careful about because those things can flare up time and time again. Yeah. So it's definitely something. He's only 24-ish, 25, I think the most. He still has eight, nine good years left in him for sure. So I would be very careful with that, especially knowing that you have three more years guaranteed with him. Yeah. So I'd be careful. What are your thoughts on the uh, Kyrie Irving antics in Boston? Um, I mean, it's his choice whether or not he, he wants to get vaccinated or not. But No, no, no. Do you see him flicking off the crowd? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if the Celtics fans are calling him names, then I don't know. I don't know if you watched his presser yesterday, but he kind of said, I'm going to keep that same energy. And, like, I don't know. Kind of have to respect that a little bit. I mean, yeah, as a player, you're told not to let this stuff get to, get to you, but if you're kind of returning the same energy, yeah, and you're okay with getting fined for it, because <laughs> yeah. he probably will, yeah. Then I don't see a problem with it as long as he's okay with not getting with the fines. So, I'm sure they are, all things considered, right? Uh, well, good basketball talk, man. How about uh, how about we get your take on some Cubs stuff, man? What what do you think? What do you think about the Cubs, man? What are your thoughts? Uh, it's been an okay start to the season. Um, my main takeaway of how good Suzuki is, because, number one, I'm mad I didn't draft him in fantasy. I know. Luis got him. Right. and Terrible. I mean, he's great. I mean, his plate discipline is awesome. Like, just watching his at-bats and – Knowing like when to take pitches and when to be aggressive. I mean, he has really sound play discipline. So, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway so far. I mean, pitching has been so-so. But, I mean, this team is not going to win more than 81 games. So you're so, not a believer like Ryan then. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, the central, I mean... St. Louis is still better and Milwaukee is still better. I know we took two out of three from Milwaukee to open the season, but I still think they're the better team. Mm. But do I think we're better than Pittsburgh and Cincinnati? I think so. Yeah, you could but say that. I don't think we're sniffing the Cardinals or the Brewers when it comes this t- when it comes to like September and October. So yeah, yeah, I mean, the starters are pretty pretty good in Milwaukee. And then St. Louis is, you know, Nolan Arnado is having a, a resurgence to his career here. I mean, he's been absolutely unbelievable. So, I mean, they, they're both uh, – they they both got, like, that superstar talent that you need to win, man. It's, it is what it is with those guys. So, Yeah, and the Cubs aren't really sub- in a position to compete with them anyway. So, yeah. I mean, if we win, if we go 500 this year, that's such a win. That's a bit, yeah, I think so. I think that's a good, that's a good goal. I think for the Cubs to to hit 500. Suzuki can, Suzuki can keep hitting the way he's hitting. Man, that's such a good future spot for the team. You know. Oh so yeah, that's, I mean, that's he, great. if he continues to play like he's playing, he's going to win Rookie of the Year by a long shot. Yeah, he was he, NL Player yeah. of the Week this I mean, NL Player of the Week this week. Yeah, I mean, it won't be close. Yeah, I mean. I, the thing I've noticed, guys, like not to like you know burst the bubble, but obviously like the guys that come from Japan usually they really start off hot and then like 
teams usually figure them out. And then, you know, they have that rough stretch, which, you know, we already know is coming at some point. But then, you know, they, they come back and they start hitting the ball again, you know. So, like, I'm, I'm really hopeful for the guy. I think he's a good – he's a good building block for the Cubs, man. So, it's a, it's a nice pickup for you guys for sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited what he can do for years, so. Yeah, it has been nice seeing him out there, too, over Jason Hayward. It's definitely taking a lot of playing time away from Hayward, which has been the best Hayward thing was, I've ever seen. I did notice yeah. he was having an at-bat so today. I, I saw him on the uh, – as I was flipping through the MLB.TV here. So, <laughs> yeah, the Cubs are actually tied, too, right now with the uh, the Rays and have the to go, go ahead single, baby, to put him at 3-2. to Oh, wow. <laughs> Hey, if we beat Tampa, hey, if we beat Tampa with Hendricks, we can beat anybody. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Goddamn right. Tampa's good, man. Tampa's good. You know, Javon Choi, a, he's he's on my fantasy team now. He's a really great player. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Good for you guys. Glad Suzuki's doing good, man. I just wanted to have some quick thoughts on the Cubs because, uh, you know, you guys are big, avid Cubs fans. So. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I was a little disappointed to hear you say that you – think we're better than the Pirates and the uh, Reds? I mean, look. Oh, boy. Look, I mean, no. The Pirates are, and the Reds. No, it's not I think. It's <laughs> we are. We are better. Okay? Does it make you happy? Yeah, We are better. Okay? We're better. Will we win 81 games? I'm not sure, but we're better. I think, yeah, yeah I, you're better than the Pirates. Yeah. The Reds the are probably Reds. better than them too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're better than them too. So, um, and possibly the Cardinals. No, you no, are not that. better than the Cardinals. Come on. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Cubs, but I'm realistic. We're not. I'm the sorry. Cardinals are really. I think the Cardinals had a they had a down year for their standards, and they still made that wild card spot. And not to mention, they almost beat the Dodgers one game playing. So, I think we don't give them enough credit. I really don't. So, who the Cardinals? Uh, the Cardinals, man, I think I think people kind of overlook them a lot. I mean, they're they're really good. I think they're a really talented team. I think a lot of their guys squeak through, um, you know, because for whatever reason. Right, I mean, but they what have they done out. like the last like three years that you think they should be getting all this credit for? They went to the NLCS in 2019, I believe. In 2020, they made the so three years the, ago. They made in 2020. They made the uh, what did they win the Central or did they win one of those like wild card spots? I can't remember. And last year they made they made the playoffs again. They lost to the Dodgers in that game in a walk off, right? So they're not they've made the postseason I think every year for like you know the last five six years or whatever it is. So they're they're a good team, man. They're a good team. So I think we don't give them enough credit. But that's just that's just my uh, that's just, just my thoughts there, Mister Ryan. I don't know why uh, I don't know why we're so down on the Cards. I hate the Cardinals. No man. I, no I know right right. I hate them too. I hate them with a burning passion. Like they're my least favorite fan base <laughs> in all professional sports. I can't stand I can't stand Cardinals fans for the life of me. Yeah. But look, they're consistent every year. They are, man. I mean, are they World Series contenders every year? No, but no team is unless you're the Dodgers. Yeah. And are finally paying the luxury tax every year for the next 20, 30 years. So I'll be the Mets too, but right. Point. But I mean, they're consistent every year. I mean, I respect the team; it's just the fans that drive me nuts. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, how about we get into our beefs, guys? What, what about it? 
Let's do it. All right. All right. The, guest, the guest goes first, as usual. Jake, you already know the drill, man. Uh, my beef of the week is uh, Joe Madden. Uh, <laughs> oh, baby. I just don't – I don't know if you guys saw that blunder he had, but, I mean, it's bottom of the fourth inning. You're winning four to three. Yes, you're facing Corey Seager, who had a home run in the first inning. I know it's bases loaded. You got one out. But, I mean, my my main takeaway from that is not only like, like how dumb of a decision that is to tie the game, but how shitty does that pitcher must feel? Like, if I was on the mound and my coach intentionally walked the guy in with the bases loaded, I would – I don't know what I would do. Like – I would just think the coach just has no confidence in me to get the job done at all. Like, he gets a ground ball, he's out of the inning. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to so, say, it's, it's like a complete slap in the nuts to the team. Oh, there yeah. It's like, to the, I to the no pitcher, faith. like you said. Like, I, I guarantee we're going to get a run in. So, why don't we just get this over with? Right. And Corey Seager's a, a good player. I don't think he's, like, cream of the crop. Well, he's, he's pretty good. He's I, pretty I think good. it was, like, it was a lefty righty situation, bases loaded. I don't know. Was there one out? Okay. I don't. I didn't really look into it much. But at the okay. same time, but the only scenario where I think that's even like would remotely cross my mind if I was managing that team is if like Vlad Guerrero had a night like he did last week against the Yankees, yeah. right? Where he he's had three home runs and then he gets up again with the bases loaded. Then at that uh, point, I yeah, you, maybe yeah, I would the only maybe this, is, this is how you do it. This is the only way I consider it, and like it's such a specific situation. That's why I'm going to say it like this: You're winning three to one. You have the bases loaded. You have two outs, and there's a guy who will run his ass off from second base to score on anything hit in the outfield, right? Mm-hmm. So in that case, if you have a really good hitter up, two outs, bottom of the ninth, top of the ninth, whatever it is. You're winning by two, and that's or you're winning by one, and that single's gonna score, and that single's gonna the, win the game for them regardless, right? Then maybe you walk the guy, right? You do your matchups that way. That that might be more like okay, I understand it, but this this was just ridiculous, dude. It, it made no sense to me. Like you're in the middle of the game, it's April, I get it, lefty righty situations, all that other crap, but come on, man, come on. Yeah, when I saw that, I I did a double take. Like I was like, there's no way this is real. So that's my beef of the week. It's Joe Madden. He's always I high regard my standards because he, well, he tr- definitely tried to give away the World Series for the Cubs. But <laughs> he tried giving it away. He tried to give it away many, many, many times. <laughs> but I mean, he still got the job done, so he's held in high regards. And dude, maybe, mind, but maybe before the game when they go over like team scouting report. Maybe they do like Angel scouting report, and then there's just like a separate Joe Madden scouting report that only there Joe Madden be. sees. There might be, because that is the only thing plausible that that kind of does um, make his decisions okay. If he just had his own separate scouting report that nobody saw but Joe Madden, right? Because he really did give him like the 2002, like early 2000s Barry Bond treatment there, walking him with yeah, the Seriously, that's like the only guy you probably yeah. Do that it's Corey Seager. It's not Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs like 
Corey Seager is a good player. He's not Barry Bonds. Yeah, right. no, that's that's yeah, hundred percent. That's my beef of the week. I like it. All right, right. What do you got? All right, my beef of the week, and um, you're probably gonna think I'm all over the place because I love the Cubs, love the Cubs, say they're gonna be top fifteen record, blah blah blah. But my beef of the week is the Cubs, dude, and it's. It's their lack of resources slash finances that went into their pitching staff as a whole, starting ro- starting rotation and bullpen, dude. The other day against the Colorado Rockies, they started a guy named shit, I can't remember his name, Mark Leiter Jr. Mark Leiter Jr. Yes, a dude that has not pitched in the big <laughs> leagues since 2018. Mm. And when I saw that. It's like, dude, we're the Chicago Cubs, the fourth most valuable franchise in the entire MLB, and this is the dudes that they're throwing out there. Mark Leiter Jr., a guy that's not pitched in the big leagues in four years. Okay, so then, then you just look at the bullpen, the lack of resources, the lack of finances that went into the bullpen to make the bullpen as good as it could be. And the thing that really irritated me about this is earlier I heard this stat today. In the entire MLB – in terms of batting average, the Cubs are number one in all of baseball. On base percentage, they're number one in all of baseball. OPS, they're number one in all of baseball, dude. So if you just look at those, those offensive statistics, they're number one in three huge categories. And then you look at their pitching. You got Mark Leiter Jr. starting a game. Their bullpen sucks. And it's just like imagine if you just put some effort, some resources, some money into the pitching staff, what this team could be. And it's just a joke that they didn't do it, that they didn't go out and get a premier starting. I mean, they got Strowman, but the fact that they didn't go out getting Joe Kelly or the numerous names are on the list, dude. So my beef of the week is just with the Cubs and their lack of pouring resources in the pitching staff this year. Can I interest you in Vince Velasquez by any chance? No. <laughs> you know what, dude? If you want to take him, clean swap for Mark Leiter Jr., go ahead. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure it would it'd be equal, right? You're, you're basically swapping uh, six runs a game for six runs a game. So. Exactly, dude. Uh, all right, good, good beef, man. Good beef. Um, my beef, really quickly here. Uh, it's with Spencer Padden of the Texas Rangers. He had my number one draft pick right in the hand, Mike Trout. He's out today. X-rays are negative, but it was you know scary situation for everybody involved. Uh, including fantasy baseball owners of, of Mike Trout. So it sounds like he's going to be all right. But Spencer Padden, what the hell, man? What the hell? I mean, Control as someone yourself, who man. is playing you this week in fantasy, I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'm not happy that one of the best players in baseball got hurt, but in terms of my matchup this week, I'm pretty happy about it. And the uh, same thing goes with Byron Buxton, man. You know, I'm happy he's out for it, even though he's a great player, fun to watch. Socks are in town this weekend, but looks like he might be out, so – he is going to be out for a while. It he sucks. always is, man. He's it such sucks. an electric player, man. He's so good, dude. He's so good when he's healthy. I saw his name in the draft. I'm like, you know what? I think this is the year he stays healthy. And like a weekend. And then, wrong. I check my phone. I see Byron Buxton's trending. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> and I thought, okay, maybe he had like a super nice home run and like a nice catch. Nope. Slamming his hand on the ground at second base after he slid, and I was like, there it is. The hand yeah. or whatever the situation yeah. is. Definitely meniscus or ACL, for sure. So, uh, That's tough. I didn't know it was a knee with him. It's a knee? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, For sure it is. 
Yeah, it's probably going to be a lingering issue again all year. I mean, he's such a good player, man. Like, I don't think, in my honest opinion, like, obviously he plays for the Twins, and I hate the Twins, but, man, he's such an electrifying player. Like, any any pitcher against him, like, he's better than anybody, I think. Is it, a hot take, is it a hot take to say that if, if he had a fully healthy season, he would give Vlad a run for his money for MVP? Dude, I mean, honestly, you gotta you can't you can't leave out Shohei or like a healthy Trout even because Trout's numbers are ridiculous. I mean, that dude's OPS will be over 1,100 if he played every day because teams just walk him all. Uh, but you can't leave those two guys out. But you're right, man. Buxton steals. He hits home runs. He plays go go defense. I think the one knock on Buxton though is he's a big strikeout guy, and he's a big uh, he's he he could that average can dip a little low. Um, if, if he's if he's going on that cold stretch, I mean, but when he's on, he can rattle off like twelve home runs in a month. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's not a hot take at all, man. It's not at all. I mean, he just needs to be healthy. Miss him. You're gonna miss him, man. It's gonna hurt your team. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, man. We're in a ten man league, so you know everybody seems pretty stacked. So if you're not if you're not racking off twelve to fifteen home runs a week, and you're not hitting above like two forty or two fifty, you're you're not gonna stand a chance, man. The way it is, so you're right. Tyson's bone's right. off to a great start. Oh Tyson's, man, Tyson's bone is off to a great start. <laughs> Where um, did that come from, man? I mean, he's he was picking Bailey over in the fifth round or whatever the hell it was. That was he's got an interesting team. He does. I feel like his team's like really like it's gonna hit or it's not, and it, it's going well for him so far here. So it's it's a balanced team. Yeah. It's a pretty balanced team, but it's one week. You know, it's a long season, and we'll just see how things play out. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We'll have to give we'll have to give fantasy updates right now. Me and Jake are tied. Ryan lost his week, so yeah. Luck, Ryan. So. Yeah, dude. I started off great. Started off eight and one, then just went to shit. So <sighs> don't. It happens. Dude, it's a long season, though. It's gonna be great, man. Don't hold on to some of your players, man. I dropped a few guys that just were not looking well. I made some adjustments, and today I'm having a good day. So. It's got to be strategic with your drops and ads. Yep. That's all there is to it. Uh, anything else before we end? Uh, you know, just keep the faith of the Bulls. It's not going to be this year. Maybe it's next year. That's all I'll say. I'm calling it upset now because Jake's over here all doom and gloom. I'm not doom and gloom. I'm realistic. I am realistic. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens. I'm sure. We're, I, I think they could rattle one or two off, I think. So we'll one. See. One at the very most. <laughs> at the very most. Because they're going to need DeRozan to just go nuclear. Well, dude, DeRozan can't shoot six for 25. I mean, he can't. Yeah, no. Jesus. He That's can't. Rough, man. That sounds rough. I but mean, at the dude, same he... time, though, like, we haven't had a Vucevic game like that in months. So if he can repeat that performance and DeRozan can shoot 50%, then that's how we win a game or two. Schwindel just went yard. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's four to two. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. If you guys got nothing else, I'll let you guys go watch the Cubs game. All Uh, right, dude. All right, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Always yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Always, you're like the uh, welcome, you're like the veteran on the twelve uh, six, dude. No, no, dude. Yeah, I'm, you can maybe I can get promoted to being like a correspondent on this podcast. Because <laughs> at that point, at this point, I think I'm leading guest appearances. So you might be. I think you might. Oh, be. by far. You, yeah. So you're you're uh 
you, the salary doesn't pay much for that position, though. So you have to. That's all right. It's better than nothing, though. <laughs> no, no benefits, Jake. Damn. All right, all right, Jake, man. It was a, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for jumping on. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. All right, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the twelve six podcast.